Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, 11 o'clock hour. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from uh, John Bowenkamp from the Maven. He covers the Hawkeyes. We will uh, pick John's brain on the Big Ten, what's left of it. Boy, the carnage over the weekend is so much fun to watch that conference. doesn't matter what night you turn in. Mm-hmm. And most games, for the most part, I mean, even when you've got a Nebraska or a Northwestern, it depends when you watch them, obviously, but sometimes those uh, schools uh, have a pulse. But the, it's, it's been terrific. You know what I wanted to mention when I was talking about the Marquee Network, and I forgot to, when I watched the Cubs on Saturday night, A.J. Puck started for Oakland. Oh really? Yeah, started he started the game for uh only pitched an inning but he was the first A uh to toe the rubber. I guess I didn't realize I knew he was tall. Mm-hmm. He's more than tall Trent. He's got some size to him. What is he like 6'7"? Seven? He's 6'7" seven, and you yeah. know where he's got it's, it's it's the engine, right? It's the butt. Yeah. I mean, you can tell this guy is is really works the legs hard because um, he he's a big dude and and they were look at they were it's it's game one mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't say he's Randy Johnson okay but he's a big lefty with long hair flowing out the back of his ball cap uh, he, he's um, you you could understand I guess in some respects why the comparison came. But he's an Iowan, and yes. that's why I bring it up, because he's, he's going to make this team trend. Yeah, he came up last year, I think pitched in maybe a dozen Not games, very many, like that. right. Yeah. At the end of the season, only as a reliever, wasn't a starter at that time. But this is an Oakland team. There is an opportunity there with what Houston's going mm-hmm. to go through. I saw a quote, and I, I forget <laughs> They're going to go it. through some stuff, Trent. It, it was a player, though. and No, I know what it was. I was listening to Jeff Passan on a mm-hmm. podcast over the weekend, and he was just talking. He didn't say the player's name, but... He said, man, when's this going to end? No. And Passon was thinking to himself, it, it's not. Mm-hmm. This is something you're going to go through all year long. We talked about this. This is why I jumped on the under right away and the win total, because every city, when they go there for the first time, you're back to the same questions. You're then reliving when you went up against Seattle for the first time, when you go to Minnesota, when wherever it is over the course of the season, they're going to run into these same questions every single time. Hey, remember what happened in the eighth inning when you're facing reliever X? And boy, you turned on that fastball. Or you sat back on that curve, and that was a tough pitch. That was a slider away, and you went with it. How'd you know that one? It's going to come up every city that they go to. A new group of reporters is going to come in. They're going to have those questions. This is going to be They're going to be sick of answering it, Trent. Oh, yes. You know, the other, uh, I guess, tentacle of that story that we never spoke about last week, I, I saw that Major League Baseball is going out of their way to provide protection for Mike Fires in, in all of these cities that Oakland visits. Yeah. Why? I was wondering the exact same thing. I don't see the player I don't see major league players trying to you know get to get even with him. I mean I, I think for the most part what he did has been universally respected throughout baseball. Now we're seeing some of the David Poppy making a Poppy rather big Poppy David yeah. Ortiz making a fool of himself. 
Um, Jessica Mendoza, she probably shouldn't have gone there. It might have cost her her gig on Sunday Night Baseball. She's been replaced. They're going with the two-man two-man crew now, Viscargin and uh, A-Rod. Jessica Mendoza was demoted at ESPN. But why does fires need protection? It's a great question. When I saw it, I, I had the exact same thought that Maybe you did. in Houston amongst the fans who might... That makes sense. You know, I, I don't know, but it's verbal. Did you see the signs that were taken away? I did. The asterisk, yes. Yeah, I, that's... I that, know. There wasn't... I mean, there wasn't swearing. No. It, it wasn't anything dirty. It was an asterisk. And you take that away? Mm-hmm. Talk about thin skin. That's going to get you upset. This is yeah, what, and that one. wasn't in their ballpark, I don't think, was no, it? I no. think it was in Washington's it ballpark. Was, yeah, that's what it was. Speaking of that, uh, did you see during the Kansas-Baylor game the sign in the student section? But for a Farouk Manish? Yeah. I did. How great was that? No, it was, there was two of them. They were side by side. What, now, what was it about again? I don't remember what it was about, but it was... Uh, Oh, I don't recall. Yeah. My favorite Kansas, I don't know what it was, but yeah, Ali Farouk Manesh got a little pub. A decade later, he's day. still making appearances. And it should be, right? Yes. I mean, and we'll see it again, and we'll hear about it again coming up in three weeks. You know, we're inside three weeks from Selection Sunday. I love it. 20 days away from Selection Sunday. We are getting closer and closer. Why did? Why has Ali Farouk Manesh stood the test of time? Is it beating Kansas? Yeah, it's, it's knocking off the over the overall number one seed, and the, and name, the way that he did it. The name certainly doesn't hurt. I agree with you. It's a name that casual basketball uh-huh. fans, because it's a different kind of name, right? Yeah, Ty Rogers yeah, had a similar type of shot. Well, no, it was huge. a game winner, huge, but it was also Drake versus Western mm-hmm. Kentucky. I think the Kansas. Yeah, I'm not element so there, sure that that's known around the country like right. Farouk Manesha. Yeah, if it was Paul Jesperson hit a half quarter to dispatch Texas, yeah. but Texas isn't Kansas. No. No, they weren't the number one. Right. They're not Kansas. But I don't think anybody, when you talk to somebody that knows college basketball, they don't remember Paul Jesperson. No. They don't remember Jordan Eagleseater. They remember Ali Farouk Manesh. Farouk Manesh is in, uh, he's in K-State, or Colorado State, right? Is that, I think yeah, he is. I think with he is. Nico? With Nico. I'm pretty sure he's, at, uh, he's still on, yeah, uh, uh, he's in Fort. Collins, pretty sure about that. Anyway. Good place to live in your twenties. Oh huh? uh, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's he's probably in his place. early thirties now. How old would he be? So he's twenty-two as a senior. Yeah, for sure, he's in his thirties. Decade ago, time's flying. We're getting old. Uh, John Bonecamp joins the program next. We're going to do good hit on Speaking the Hawkeyes. Speaking of old, <laughs> how old is John? Is he older than I am? No, I don't. No, think I don't. Well, he was at uh, graduated college in the eighties. Well, he's old. I don't think he's old as I am. In his 50s. He's in his late 50s. Late 50s. We'll uh, talk to that old man coming up. John Bowenkamp joins the program. Kerry Miller as well. Uh, Kerry, about the bottom of the hour, we will go around college basketball from a national perspective. What did these uh, upsets do over the weekend regarding seeding uh, on the one line or the two line? I'm not so sure it did anything. We'll ask Kerry Miller next, see if he's got some dark horses that he's been able to identify. We're all searching for that team as we come down the stretch. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now one hundred and six. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO, and now on one hundred and six point three FM. Let's talk some Big Ten, shall we? We'll focus on Iowa, but we'll go around the Big Ten college basketball-wise. 
uh, with John Bowenkamp of the Maven Sports Illustrated. He joins the program, Michigan State, tomorrow. How are you, John? Trent and Ken, what's going on in your world? Oh, not much. I, I was telling Trent off the air that... Uh... You know, I thought we'd talk about Mookie Betts all day today. But <laughs> we can talk about the Hawkeyes, too, I guess. Now, have you seen the Dodgers so far in spring training? They've only played, what, two, I think. But uh... Yeah, and they've won both. So, oh, and okay. And dominated. So, Plan the parade. Uh, yeah, basically, at this point, I'm I'm already, like, sketching out, you know, my October plans. So, yeah. Hey, uh, did you see the anyway. crazy story? Did either one of you read the athletic story on Mason Saunders? No. Yes, I saw that this the craziest story. So Mason Saunders, Mason Saunders is a rodeo guy. Okay, he's um, he's also a Madison Bumgarner. That's the name that he uses oh. when he shows up at road. And apparently, John, he's been doing this for years. This wasn't a one-off. This is a guy that fancies himself as a cowboy. That's fascinating that that it, it took this long yes. to come out. You know, because you figure somebody somewhere along the lines of, hey, isn't that Mason? Isn't it? Madison Bob, Bob Gardner, right? You know, so um, good for him, uh, you know. So um, Mason Saunders, yeah, no, he made. He, they showed him with the check twenty six thousand five hundred. He actually won the the a roping, right? It was a, was a roping event, and I'm not I sure. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if that's uh, all he participates in, but uh, just crazy. <laughs> the Diamondbacks lefty who just signed for a boatload of cash moonlights as a rodeo cowboy. He's got things that's figured classic. out. Hey, you got things figured out too, as you were looking ahead sure. and speaking and mapping out what you're going to do. You said that Joe Lenardi now has Iowa in the West regional bracket, yep. so yep. that will coincide with the Sweet Sixteen. With Dodgers opening day, so you're gonna hang out in LA, nice. get to see your Dodgers yeah, I, I, and the I Hawks in the Sweet probably, Sixteen. Not yeah. bad. Oh, oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Right. That, you know, in fact, I may just skip the Iowa game and just go to as many Dodger games as possible. <laughs> but um, no, I, I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. But then I started looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh, that's opening weekend. The, the Giants are there. Uh-huh. And, you know, which is really, the other thing I noticed on the schedule. It's really screwy. That opening weekend, they're off on that Sunday. Who takes a Sunday really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. So anyway, yeah, really weird. Uh, don't look now as we get inside the Big Ten conference. We'll get to Michigan State and Iowa. Is Wisconsin maybe um, the most under the radar team in the Big Ten? I mean, they've got the same record as the Hawks and Penn State and Michigan State. Wisconsin ten and six, along with those other three schools that I just mentioned. I, I didn't see this Badger team sneaking up on anybody, but yet here we are, John. Oh, I didn't either. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you think back to when Iowa played them here just a few weeks ago, and you know, you had the Brad Davison thing, yeah. you know, and, and, and some of the behind the scenes stuff going on in that program, and you you figured at this time in the year there would be somebody that would come out of the blue, out of that bottom pack, and win some games, and all of a sudden be in this thing, and they're the one. You know, I mean, it's I mean, you, you thought well, maybe it could be Ohio State. You know, a couple weeks ago, maybe you thought Purdue, you know, somebody was going to go on a run here. Well, they're the ones who've gone on the run. Right. And, you know, I mean, this, I, you know, I liken this, and maybe I said this on uh, the last time we were on, but I liken this, this, these Big Ten standings to, you know, a NASCAR super speedway race. You know, everybody's packed together, and, you know, you, if you get out of line, you drop back a long way. And that's all, that, I mean, you know, so it's like right now, you want to be at the head of the pack. And, and, so, I mean, for Iowa and now Wisconsin's, you know, made some moves. Now, all of a sudden, now they're in this thing. So, it's it's really interesting here going in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, with the Kobe King was the behind-the-scenes stuff yes. you're talking about. Yeah. Referring to. Yeah. Go ahead, Trent. Yeah, 
and so so I mean you, you didn't think that, right I mean you kind of thought that that's gonna fall apart now all of a sudden here we are you got that cluster of four teams Maryland two games in front though coming back to the pack after the loss yesterday to Ohio State this is the way though that Maryland finishes up at Minnesota basically a Minnesota game well Minnesota they need to win yes they right. need to win out Michigan State at home not easy a coin flip game at Rutgers we know how good mm-hmm. the Scarlet Knights are in the rack and then Michigan, who is playing incredibly well, that one at home to finish up. It's not a stretch here, not a wide stretch. They go one and three down the stretch, and suddenly we could be talking about Iowa. Haven't won even a share of a regular right. season crown since 1979. That's still on the table at this point, John. That's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you think about this mm. week and what they've got. I mean, you've got the teams around yep. in the standings. You're playing them this week. Now's your chance. To you know, if 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 somehow or another, and I said this the other day, somehow or another they would sweep. You know, win win Tuesday against Michigan State, win Saturday against at home against Penn State, and now all of a sudden you're in second place. Yeah. And then if Maryland, like you said, if they stumble, well now all of a sudden you know maybe you're a game back to the play, you know, or something like that. So you know, to be at this point in the season in the Big Ten, and to be in control of your own destiny in a lot of ways. Uh, you you you've done a lot of good things, I think, to get to this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tillman uh, Garza's got a chance to be special tomorrow night, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's the thing about Luka Garza is it just still impresses me is he has played against so many good big men in this league, mm-hmm. and he has had this kind of streak, this this twenty or more points in you know what is it now twelve games, and I mean that that to me is just phenomenal in the way he's been playing this year. So yeah, I think that I think that that's just again another test for him and, and he always seems to to you know he always seems to find a way to get his points in these kinds of games. That's what has impressed me about him the entire year. Talking Hawkeyes with John Bonenkamp from SI. Cassius Winston, of course, with Michigan State when we look at the matchup tomorrow night, he is the engine of that Michigan State machine. You think Joe Tassant from the get go, he's gonna have the guard of him, at least when they're in man defense. Tucson has those games, though, where he really struggles and those minutes dissipate. Does he get a little bit more leeway just because of the importance with a quick point guard like Winston, how important he is on the offensive end for Sparty that maybe gets a little bit more leash in this game because of his D? Yeah, and I, I mean, if he's, if, I mean, if he's, yeah, if, you know, if he's, if he's, you know, throwing some passes around and, and makes a couple of mistakes, but he's also playing really good defense, you're right. I think it keeps him in the game. And, you know, I mean, so I, so I do think that, that I do think that, I agree with you. I, I think he does get a little bit more relation. We had, we had a teleconference with Fran a little while ago and, and he talked, raved about his defense and, and raved mm. about the way he's been playing. So you kind of get the feeling that tomorrow night is probably a game where, where he's going to get a lot more minutes. And, and I mean, and they need that. They need him out on the court. They need him to play good defense. They, they also need him not to make mistakes. And, and I think he is learning. You know, I mean, he has learned quite a bit this year, and that was you know one of the other things that Fran talked about today. But I, I do think he becomes a very important part of this defense tomorrow night. And and he's not a kid that's afraid of anything. And I, I think that's that to go into this atmosphere. I think that's a good sign. Mm. Was the biggest takeaway from the teleconference you just referenced the fact that C.J. Frederick uh, McCaffrey labeled him as questionable for tomorrow night, John? Yeah, and I and I kind of expected that. I mean, I, one, I don't think Fran wants play that hand you know say oh yeah he's available i think you want to keep mm. that under your vest until absolutely necessary yeah 
I, I think I think he sees you know, and he's talked about he talked about this the other night, and he talked about this the other day. This is in his mind. He's playing this long term. You know, you know, you sacrifice. You know, not playing against Ohio State to get him better for this week. If he still is kind of iffy tomorrow night, okay, he doesn't play against Michigan State because they need him in you know in Indianapolis in the Big Ten tournament in the NCAA tournament. You know, in that last week when they play Purdue and Illinois, you know, which could be key games. So I, I think you know he has to be absolutely a hundred percent sure. I think he he doesn't want him to where he's only going to be like a ten or fifteen minute player. He wants him ready to play 25, 30 minutes because they know they're going to need him. So he's thinking long-term more than short-term, but I do think he plays tomorrow. John, this team, as most any college basketball team, different on the road. They've really struggled defensively before the Minnesota game. On the road, up in the barn, they've also struggled with Joe Rieskamp and what he's been able to do Mm -hmm. on the road. Those two areas what does Fran do to try to get Wieskamp going and then cover things up defensively because you know how quickly it can get away up in East Lansing? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And, and one, of, one of the things that, that they have to do to start specifically when you talk about Joe Wieskamp is I think you've got to get him going more driving to the basket early and, and getting, some, you know, getting some of those baskets rather than you know if he misses a few threes early and then he, that kind of slows him down a little bit. The other thing is too, and, and, and is that I think teams are really being physical with him right now, mm. and so I think you have to find a way to screen and free him up a little bit because I think he, I think he's getting impeded quite a bit in, in his movement by by other teams, by the defenses, and they know they can get away with it. And so I think that's one of the things tomorrow night for him is to get him open, to get him get him some lanes to where he can drive, and if that means you know so a couple more screens here or there, that's fine. As far as the defense goes, they just have to play good defensively. I mean, you can't have you can't have a Purdue like defensive effort. You can't have you know like you had at times at the Minnesota game. You're gonna have to play 40 minutes of really good defense against Michigan State, or you're just gonna have to really shoot the ball well on the other end and just try to outscore them. If they and, and I don't think you want to do I don't think you want to do that. No, I'm you with gotta you. play really good defense. Fair point. Uh, John Bowenkamp is our guest. John, if they split, if they go two and two down the stretch, does that get them the double bye? Um, it could get them the four, I think. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'd have to, like you said, that, that whole pack around them. Right. You know, yeah, you kind of have to hope that, that, you, that some of those other teams, you know, start to fade a little uh-huh. bit. Um, I, like I said, if you can win both your home games and, and, if, if you can go three and one, I think you're definitely for sure double buy. And two, two and two, I think you got. It, you may need some help, but you know, I still think you have a chance. I, I, you know, I, I think you have to win at least two games. I think to get a double buy, and, and and you're really comfortable if you win three. And it could come down to the final game of the regular yeah. season, right, Illinois, yeah. for a chance for a double buy. And Illinois got a ton to play for themselves because they don't think that they're uh, out of that uh, uh, double buy equation. They're right there. The nine and six got this conference, is and they tight. could end up and they'll probably be ten and six after tonight because they played Nebraska. So fair point. Yeah. Got a victory yeah. there. So. Uh, how much the fun party. is this? It is incredible. This spring. Uh, Coming up here has got a chance to be really, really special. we got football coming up, but we're not turning the page yet. It is all basketball all the time. And Although I, I do have that. a football question for John. Oh, for, you do? I do. Well, it has got- to do with Tristan Wirfs, John. And I, I, I mean, I get the mock drafts are all over the place. Um, right. we've, we've seen a whole bunch of top ten, anywhere six, seven, eight. Pro football focuses came out today. He's not even the first round. Mm. I mean, how could you miss this badly? I, I don't know. 
Um, you know, I, I, I think the combine is really important. For him. And I, I think it, I think it has, he has to show some of these, these, these teams that he can play anywhere on the line, which I think he can. And, and I mean, but I, but I mean, I think he, he wants to really show them, you know, maybe that, that they're missing something here because I think he, I think he's a very talented athlete. I mean, you've seen that in him over his career. And, you know, I, but I do think the combine is really important. I don't think he can have a bad combine. I think he's got to go there and, and, and really impress some people. And I think he will. I mean, I think, I think there's, like I said, there's a lot of athletic talent there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the interviews, I think he will really impress some people. And, and so I, I think he, some of that opinion about him is going to change after he can have I missed on Ricky Stanzi. I thought Ricky Stanzi would have a you know five, six, eight year career, and that he would start. And I didn't say he was going to Canton by any means, but I but I missed on Ricky Stanzi. Uh, and I kind of feel that I'm going to miss on Nate Stanley because, you know, when I saw him earlier in his career, I thought, boy, this is this is Ben Roethlisberger light, if you will. This guy's going to play in the league for sure. Certainly had his moments. I'm not sure if he had enough of them. Where are you on Nate Stanley's NFL potential? You know, I I think he could play for anybody. I, the thing about the NFL that really kind of bugs me lately is they don't like to develop young quarterbacks. You know, anymore unless they're like the really, really good, in the highly touted quarterbacks. The two wins, for example, you know, those kind of quarterbacks. They never liked it. Nope. You know, it used to be when I was covering the NFL and the Rams, we used to cover the Rams over at Western Illinois and then, mm-hmm. you know, during the season. That was back in the days in the early 2000s, the teams would have three quarterbacks. There was always that third quarterback and kind of that young guy, that Nate Stanley type. Now a lot of teams don't do that. They don't, they don't save that roster spot for a guy. And, you know, I think if he gets into a camp somewhere, I think he impresses. But, you know, I, I just think this league just doesn't like to develop guys and, and keep some guys around, the, you know, to, to kind of groom in some situations. I think they like to just, you know, just recycle or find the hot young, you know, the hot new guy coming in. So um, I think he's good enough to play in the league, whether, you know, there's a spot for him, I don't know. John Bowenkamp uh, from Sports Illustrated, The Maven, covers the Hawkeyes. We appreciate your contribution. Good to talk baseball with you as well, John Bowenkamp. Thank oh, yeah. you. Anytime. Anytime. So. We'll take you up on it. Take care. All John right. Bowenkamp. Uh, take care. John Bowenkamp joining us from Sports Illustrated. We'll go around college basketball, but we'll uh, kind of move outside of the state mm-hmm. uh, with Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report. Unbelievable weekend at the top of the rankings. We'll do that with Kerry Miller and we come back. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kick. To know and now on 107. Our mission. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final segment here on a Monday. Thanks for being with us. If you miss any portion of the program, there's a guest that you wanted to hear. Uh, you can always go to kxno.com, the podcast page. They will be up oh shortly, uh, right after noon. Let's get uh, Kerry Miller in here from Bleacher Report as we go around college basketball from a national perspective. Terrific weekend of college basketball, Kerry. Uh, the Big 12 started it out early in the morning, 11 o'clock Central Kansas, Baylor. And, uh, boy, just kept getting better and better. UNLV picking off San Diego State, Gonzaga going down. What a tremendous weekend in college hoops. How are you? Doing well. Trying to 
trying to remember what even happened. I spent all day Saturday watching games, all day Sunday writing, and now I wake up today and like I don't, I can't even remember what, what the heck went down. There was just so much to try and keep up with. You know, three of the projected number one seeds lost. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a testament to how weird the weekend was. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know that Kansas game, Kansas Baylor. I came away because I'm late to the Baylor party for whatever reason. I've been, uh, I just haven't been able to embrace them, even though they got beat. Boy, they gave Kansas everything that they wanted. Probably Azubuke's best game uh, as a Jayhawk. I thought. I mean, Dotson's going to be Dotson game in and game out. But I was really impressed by Baylor, even in defeat. Yeah, I mean they they were able to put up what sixty four points in that game, which I think is right around their average, but a little better than we expected against a great defense like Kansas. I mean that's been the the concern with Baylor all season long is can they score enough? Um, now obviously they win consistently. They had a twenty three game winning streak, I think it was. They have one of the best defenses in the nation, but um, kind of getting a a pre-national championship Virginia kind of vibe from this team where it's, you know, they just, their metrics on offense just aren't that great. And it's a little concerning, but yeah, that was a, a promising showing in defeat. It's kind of weird how, how often that happens where we feel better about a team after we see them lose. But it was mm-hmm. a, a impressive performance. I think those two are just head and shoulders ahead of the rest of the crowd at this point, as far as uh, seating is concerned. Certainly know those two teams, contenders for number one seeds, Final Fours, and maybe National Championship along with it. The rest of the Big 12 want to go to West Virginia. They lose on the road down in Fort Worth against TCU. It's been a nice bounce-back year for Huggy after last year's disaster. They're back out there playing what you'd expect with West Virginia basketball and what he has been able to build there. But as you look at this program, both of the interim and the short term for this year, what's the highest upside you can see for West Virginia and then the next step, Huggy Bear's getting up there in age. How much longer do you think he's got in him? Well, I mean, they have performances that are extremely inspiring, and then sometimes they go on the road and have mm-hmm. horrible losses. That's my concern with West Virginia. Um, I think heading into this weekend, they were leading the nation in both offensive rebounding percentage and adjusted defensive efficiency, which, like you were saying, that's that was the par for the course uh, for West Virginia for about four or five years there in the Javon Carter era. Um, so to see them back there is great, but I'm a little little concerned about their inability to play away from home, especially as of late. So something I need to remember to keep in mind if they happen to you know have a nice showing in the Big 12 and then buying stock again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, as far as Huggy Bear, I mean Jim Beheim's like 90 years old. It seems like and mm-hmm. Coach K is in his 70s. The guys are going a lot later into their careers than they used to. So I I don't try and guess when guys are going to hang it up. I just let them let us know at this point. Is there a team out there, Kerry Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report is our guest. Is there a team that's getting a ton of national love that maybe they found their way into you know top four, top three seed? Uh, that that you're not buying that stock in, that you're looking to unload, or you never bought it in the first place. Who don't you like that's getting a lot of national love right now? I don't dislike Creighton. I, I want to disclaim that, but I do not think they are anywhere near the, you know, Matt Norlander yesterday tweeted that Kansas and Creighton are the two co-favorites for the national championship right now, and that's just not true at all. I don't buy their... <laughs> Their defense, I mean, they've been great lately. They destroyed mm-hmm. a Butler team that is Crushed. just crashing and burning over yeah. the last few weeks, um, and that really got people to buy into them yesterday. But I need to see more from them on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I mean, they would probably be a, a high three or a low two seed right now. I don't think they're particularly prone for a first-round upset, but you know, every year there's just that one one team that people seem to fall in love with in February, and it's like, oh, this team's going to make the Final Four, and then they, they don't even make it to the Sweet 16. I think Creighton might be that team. It's interesting because I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I love I, the, It's the road wins for me, Kerry. It's the, you know, the Seton Hall, the Villanova, the Marquette. Um, I'm not telling you you're wrong. This is what makes it go around, right? I'm just saying it's just funny how I'm looking at it one way and you, and I certainly respect your opinion. You see it t- totally different. You know, Kerry, speaking of that, the Big East as a whole, a lot of good teams. Not sure how great of teams in there. Villanova is a team I have not been able to figure out at all this year. Gillespie, remember him from the national championship team a couple of years ago. Butler, they were trending here the first two months mm-hmm. as a number one seed. Now they're looking in that eight to ten seed range. It's just it's been all over the place. Just overall, this Big East. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, right now uh, looking solid for seven bids. Providence has yeah. come out of nowhere after just a horrendous November. I mean, they were four and four and didn't play a single team in the Ken Palm Top One Twenty. Like mm. that's no way to start a season. But they have certainly turned it around lately. I think they have seven quadrant one wins. You know they're they're in the picture now, and Georgetown isn't that far removed from it. So you know, potentially eighty percent of the league looking like a tournament team right now. But like you said, it, it's hard to really feel like any of them are positioned for a Final Four run. Um, you know, Villanova looks good on defense one game. I think they held Kansas to like fifty-five in that game back in December, and then the next game they give up like eighty, and it's just you know you're back right where you were with the Wildcats, where it's just. You know, you got to hope they're hitting threes, and if not, they might get destroyed. And they're probably the best and most consistent team in the Big East, so that tells you how I feel about the, the second tier of that league. Mm-hmm. What about the Big Ten overall? Is, who's the team that's built to go the furthest in your mind, Kerry? I I still think it's probably Michigan State, even mm-hmm. though they've they're probably looking at a five or a six seed right. right now. I mean, they were the preseason number one, and Izzo's teams always seem to get much better in February and then into March. There's, you know, for, for how many years there, it was January, February, Izzo, April. And that was a joke because they, they always just turn it on in March. And yeah. They certainly have the talent. I mean, if you're going to buy stock in in any, you know, point guards win championships yeah. mentality, you got to go with Cassius Winston there. So I, I think they might be the ones, and maybe that's just me being a permanent cynic about Maryland, but I think Michigan State's probably the team. So, Ken was mentioned earlier, dark horses. Creighton, maybe they're jumped above that status yeah, as a dark horse yeah. with what they've done. And, and maybe the same thing happened late Saturday night after what BYU just demolishing mm-hmm. Gonzaga late in that game. They can shoot it. They have some of those same questions, I think, on the defensive end that Creighton does. But when Childs has been in the lineup, I think they're 14-2 and this year. He's just such a monster inside. We know they can shoot it from the outside. Again, we're talking about a wide-open tournament here. How much do you like this BYU team? I like them. I, I feel like BYU and Creighton are great comparisons mm. for each other. If they were both five seats, I, I would be feeling like, yeah, that's a sleeper team. Just for whatever reason, because Creighton is looking like a two or a three, now mm. I'm like, just thinking market inefficiency, like, ooh, I got to pick against that team, just right. the way my brain works. But yeah, BYU, when they're at full strength, I mean, they've been great. They, I think they're, they have a road win over Houston, which isn't that great of a win. Houston's probably a seven or an eight seed, but that was even without Childs. Um, and you see how ridiculously good they are on offense when he's been in there. I mean, Alex Barcelo 
coming over from two years shooting below 30% from three-point range at Arizona. Now he's shooting 50% when they moved back the line. Makes no sense whatsoever, but that's the big reason why BYU is so good. Uh, Jake Toulson is shooting really well as well. So it's it's so hard to stop that offense when they can go five out. But like you said, the, the defense is a big question mark for them. Well, I hate to end it on back-to-back West Coast conferences, but I think we're going to. So what did that loss do? I came to work a couple of weeks ago. I got put the soapbox down, stood proudly on it, and proclaimed Gonzaga is the team that's going to cut down the nets. They're your national champion. And I get that one night, a Saturday night in February, I don't think it knocked them off course per se, uh, but clearly Tilly needs to be Tilly, and Petrosov and Kispert, and Ayaye, and uh, uh, what's the other key? Uh, Woolridge, Timmy. I still think they got the guys. Carrie, but what did that loss show you for those people that are in love like me with Gonzaga? Uh, I think it resurfaced their questionable defense. Uh, they, in January, or in December, I guess it was, they played Arizona, Washington, North Carolina, gave up at least 80 points, I think, to each of those teams. Gave up 82 in the loss to Michigan mm-hmm. in the battle for Atlanta. So, you know, against quality opponents, they've had trouble slowing them down. Um, you know, we haven't seen that much when they're beating up on the likes of Pepperdine and Loyola right. and, uh, Marymount uh, over the past two months. But that was a bit of a concern, giving up 91, even though BYU's offense is very good. But, I mean, Gonzaga, like you were just going through the list, they got seven guys averaging double figures. So mm-hmm. even though they might give up 80, they might score 95. So that's that's you know part of the reason that I was also probably with you on that soapbox i mean a couple of weeks ago i wrote about them being the favorite for the national championship and i think i kind of convinced myself of that at the time so uh, i mean they're still strongly looking like a one seed to me in part because duke maryland and san diego state also lost in the past week but if they get that one in the west they get to play two games basically on their home court in spokane and then two games in los angeles like they'll be best situated for a deep run Last thing for me, and it's a, a team we don't deal a whole lot about, but I at least keep my eye on Bruce Pearl, former Iowa assistant coach. He certainly has done things uh, to a different path throughout the years. His Auburn squad, they make a Final Four a year ago. They lose a ton off of that one. They sit at 23-4. and four. They had the huge comeback Saturday against Tennessee, yet the computers hate them. Ken Pomeroy has them ranked <laughs> at 39. The net, I know their ranking is real down there as well. 23-4 and four in, the, in the SEC, you'd figure... We're talking about a, at least a top 12 type of team. The computers don't say it. What can you tell us about Pearl squad? And is this maybe one of those teams you're looking at a four or five seed to get picked off in the first round? Would you be tiger, targeting the Tigers? Possibly. Uh, you know, they haven't really had that statement win, which is, you know, why the computers hate them. Uh, I think they have five or six wins in overtime, which mm. is nice. It shows that they can win in the clutch, I guess, but you have the, the scoring margin is such a huge factor in the net and on Pomeroy that, you know, it's hard to, to prove how good you are when you're mostly playing teams in the 50 to 100 overall range and barely beating them. So that's a, you know, if you're thinking about a team that is going to eventually run into a top 10 opponent in the second or third round of the tournament, it's a little concerning that we've never seen them, you know, even play them, let alone convincingly beat them. So that's one thing to watch out for with Auburn, but I mean, they, they, they're so good at uh, getting offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line. Like They can just manufacture points as well as any team in the country, and they're going to get after you on defense, even though they aren't anywhere near the, the uh, turnover-forcing unit that they were en route to last year's Final Four run. 
lot of seniors on that team. That gives them, I oh, think, yeah. yeah, gives them a bit of an edge. Anyways, we'll see. Kerry, great stuff as always. Thank you, Kerry Miller. We'll uh, read you as we do at BleacherReport.com. Thanks, Kerry. You got it. Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Kerry Miller, Trent and I going around college basketball. He's not a Creighton guy. Not a Creighton guy. There's been a lot of Creighton love. Mm-hmm. They're wow. now up to number 10 in the AP that just was just released. Iowa now moved from 20 to 18. 20 to 18. A huge week in front of them. Michigan State 24s. They're back in the top 25. Texas Tech is back in the top 25 at 22. You got some teams in that middling range. BYU. I, you know, I know it not, was one game. Yeah, they looked good, Trent. And they lost, what, four of their, I think four... Maybe it's five of their games without Childs, their big guy. Mm-hmm. Because they're so different with him on the floor. They, yeah. This is what a lot of teams are now. It's one big and four guys surrounding him and shooting shots from the outside. When he's playing well, mm-hmm. though, I, I don't want to be Is it hyped. a biggest East team that's in the middle of that? A, a, a team in the teens? Like, I think Kentucky's playing better right now. That, that's a but really good But you're not going to get a price on Kentucky not, because no. of the name. Right. Um, but they're playing a lot better right now. I um, Florida still has talent. Mm-hmm. You're digging even deeper there. How about Louisville? The way that they've looked over the last yeah. couple of weeks. That was mm-hmm. a team I loved. That was the Me one too. I gave out before the season yep. as my number one top pick uh, to win the national title with the price along with it. It just is it going to be a year that this top tier just separates itself and we're going to get a bunch of ones and twos of the you final know what it's starting to feel that way to me. I'm with you. I'm I'm totally with you because you're going through and you're looking at random four or five seeds. Can you see teams like this beating Kansas or Baylor? Let's let's keep it with those two teams since we know them probably the best. Do you see a Seton Hall, a Villanova, uh, Oregon, Colorado, schools no. like that beating them in the Sweet 16? I, I don't. I, I don't. don't. Regional final is different. It might, maybe it's a Maryland. It's a school like that mm-hmm. that they're playing in a regional final. Okay, but at even the Sweet 16 level. And then you go to the next year, round of 32. You see, well, a you and I type of team back from that year beating them. Then we're talking about teams alike of Wichita State. You see Wichita State no, beating I Kansas. No, I don't. You know who I think still has a pulse? Illinois. Uh, Desumu is so good. Yes, difference. He the is difference maker. so good. Mm-hmm. And Coburn mm-hmm. kind of catches lightning in a bottle. Has one of those runs where he's not in foul trouble and he is dominating. I inside. think Illinois is going to be a pain in the butt, and they're probably well. Where does Shelby have them right now? Seven seed, I would seven. say. Seven. Yeah. They're on the seven line. So you're that two seed. I wouldn't want to see them coming out. And he's, the round got, of he's got Duke and Illinois. He's got uh, he's got Iowa. In the, where does he have Iowa? He's got Iowa in the South now. The boys moved him around all over, all the, the place. everywhere. John Bonecamp's buying tickets for Los Angeles. He thinks he's going out there. <laughs> going to be opening day and then catch the Hawks the next day. Uh, it's going to be fun. Do you have a play tonight? You like a game better than others? What is the slate tonight? It's not the shiniest. Early right? is better than late. Early you get six o'clock. Louisville at Florida State. Yeah, I'll take that. And West Virginia's at Texas. Boy, I don't know about this West Virginia team. Trying. I don't either. That's why I asked Carrie about. It. I just I every time I feel like I have a handle on them, I have a read. Mm-hmm. They go out. Who's and the third best the, team in the in the Big Twelve? Texas Tech. I think so too. Yep, I'm with you. And. I don't want to say significant, but they go to Texas. Shaka's last stand, maybe. <laughs> Shaka's last stand. But then late we get Oklahoma State, Kansas. 
So it may let down, perhaps, that's, the Baylor game? That's what's how the, it What's played. that number? It's a big one. It's 14 and a half. So you're going to grab the points and think maybe they're less inspired tonight? That's at least the theory. Not strong, but a strong weekend from your boy, TC. We're you coming bounce back. Bounce back at the right time. Here we go. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Murph and Eddie at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. Iowa State Coaches Show tonight. They'll be on the air at 6.30. Uh, Tuesday at 6 a.m., local programming starts with the morning rush. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.